Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. If you hunt or fish in Alabama or the Deep South, you know that things are different down here. Spawning seasons, patterns, and food source are not the same as other areas of the country. At Great Days Outdoor Magazine, Southern Outdoors writers pick the brains of the best Southern hunters and anglers and give you the best how-to, where-to, and when-to articles, along with so much, much more. Pick up a Great Days Outdoor Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoor Magazine can be found at your local Books-A-Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Bucks Island. Bucks Island is a family-owned and operated business since 1948. They have new pontoon boats, bass boats, bow riders, and aluminum boats for sale. They love trade-ins for boats and motors. They can rig your boat or ship your new motor anywhere in the United States. They provide boat service on all kinds of boats, even if they weren't purchased from Bucks. They have factory-trained and certified technicians. Visit them at 4500 Highway 77, Southside, Alabama 35907, or just give them a call at 256-442-2588. What's up, guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. I am your host, Brian Sin. Hope you guys are having a fantastic week. Man, we've had some uh, beautiful, beautiful days lately. I mean, golly, this time of year, we've had some high temperatures in the 70s, and man, it's it's been phenomenal, really, for late May uh, in Alabama. But the hot weather's coming. It warmed on up today, and and we know it's just going to continue to go that direction. But hey, guys, I am uh, I'm excited about today's show for for a couple reasons. And I say excited. I'm excited. I'm a little bit bummed out at the same time. I am going to be stepping down over the next two weeks, two to three weeks. We're going to be transitioning a new host into the show. And, uh, man, I just want to thank all of our listeners and even more importantly, thank all of our, our callers and contributors, contributors that for the last three and a half years have made this show a great success. And, and man, I don't know if you guys are aware, but the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report is is like the fifth most listened to podcast in the state of Alabama now that comes out of Alabama. And so hats off to our listeners, to our contributors. Y'all have made the show what it is, and I am going to miss being on here on a regular basis, but that doesn't mean that I won't be on again. I'm sure that, man, I, I hope that they allow me to step back in from time to time and and catch up with you guys and, and hosts. But, hey, let's get to fishing, right? I know that's why y'all listen to the show. And over these next two weeks, I mean, I'm, I'm going to bring bring on and try to get some of these guys who have been so um, awesome at not just the information they provide us. But, man, when I call, when I text, they're the ones that are quick to jump on. And, and they've been a huge part of this show for a long time. So let's get right to it. Segment one, my buddy, Jake Maddox. What's going on, Jake? I'm good. How are you? Jake's just out there. You out there on the lake right now calling in. That's what I love about you, man. Don't matter when I call you, if there's any way you're going to, you, you jump on and I appreciate that. Yes, sir. No, I appreciate it. I'm, you know, over the past couple of years, I've got to become friends with you and, uh, you know, 
just because the podcast is ending doesn't mean we're not going to share the boat together one day. I'm still committed. Uh, I'm going to be here this week. So, Hey, there you go, man. I got an open seat. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we, th- this might be the week we do it then. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So, but yes, sir. Heck yeah, man. We we got to make that happen, Jake. We right here. And I mean, I feel like I know you so well, right? I mean, we've, we've talked for hours and hours and hours over the past several years on here and, and I've uh, got a lot of time, uh, in, invested in our relationship, but we've never met in person, which is crazy. Is, is Yeah. Super crazy. Don't live that far apart from each other. I know, so, right? Shame on yeah, us, sir, man. Sir. We should, we should do better. Yeah, no doubt. But anyway, so I, I know you'll continue to be part of the show with whoever takes over, but man, I, I just personally want to, want to thank you for being so, uh, available. Uh, you know me, I'm fly by the seat of my pants and yeah, I reach no out doubt. to me too. I, <laughs> I reach out to a yeah. lot of you guys at the last minute. Hey, can you jump on? And, uh, and you're one of the ones that, that is, that's always willing to do that. So thank you. Yes, sir. Absolutely. I enjoyed it over the past couple of years. So. Heck yeah. Well, yes, hey man, sir. let's talk about fishing. You're on Logan Martin right now, right? Yeah. Logan Martin. Um, there's an airport Marine solo tournament tomorrow. And then there's a Silicaga Marine um, team tournament up up here on Saturday. So, and then meanwhile, there is a probably forty boat night tournament that just blasted off. And there's a two hundred and fifty high school tournament, two hundred fifty boat high school tournament tomorrow and Saturday. So, this Good place gracious. is gonna get a lot of pressure. Yeah, this place is gonna get a lot of pressure, and it's not gonna be letting up anytime soon. And that's kind of the same story on all of these lakes around here so well but yeah you know it's just trying to deal with that pressure this time of year it's hot it's summertime and fish are grouping up together and you know guys find some of the same stuff but if you can be one of those guys that use your electronics and try to find some off the wall stuff that's really uh what's been key past couple weeks out here well you know that's what i love about uh, about the the way that you fish and 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 several of you guys is you fish low you fish you can't count how many times you fish logan martin i mean there's there's no telling how many times you fish this lake so you know it like the back of your hand right i mean but when i called you earlier to see if you could jump on the podcast this afternoon you're out there not even fishing you're just out there with your electronics riding the lake looking for new spots and new schools to fish and it's probably not easy to do that on on one of your lakes you're familiar with because as much right i mean you go to a new lake you're not you've never been to and you're like oh i gotta go find fish so you spend a lot of time riding looking but what sets these what sets you apart and and a lot of you guys is that even on your home lakes man the ones you're innately familiar with you're still riding looking trying to find new stuff yeah no absolutely i mean for me lakes change i mean i've spent more time on lake martin but you know i only grew up I would say 25 to 30 minutes away from Logan. So this is the place I went to after school all the time, went away, whole Coosa River. Uh, the cool thing about Alabama is you have so much diversity in these lakes. And, you know, if you spread your time out throughout the entire state a lot of the times. It's not like you have one particular home lake. You might have a place you're pretty good at, but um, the whole state is my home. And, uh, you know, every year you know being on the road it's good to come back to a place that you kind of grew up on cut your teeth on but um things change a lot you know electronics change the way fishing pressure changes the lake current flow can change where those fish set up and stuff so there's always new brush piles that you know just because i'm 
very familiar with Logan Martin, there might be a guy that dropped a brush pile last week or last night that I don't know about. So staying on top of that is, is the biggest biggest key to being successful on the water. Uh, it's hard, especially with all the fishing pressure now. There's so much, like everyone in the state is really, really good nowadays. So just being on top of that stuff, putting in a little extra work compared to the other guy, it really pays off. Yeah, and you and you you're right. You you have to put in that extra work if you're going to stay at the top. Because man, I mean, if you think about states, with not that there's not great fishermen in every state, of course there is, and every lake ha- every every state you know probably has some decent fisheries. Alabama's got crazy amounts of water, crazy amounts of great fishing water, and with that we've got some elite guys that live in the state and, and fish these tournaments, whether it's the elite series all the way down to a night tournament on Logan Martin, there's really good fishermen in the state of Alabama, uh, because we have so many great lakes and I, and I love, I love what you just said. And, and it's so true. You know, the, you don't look at Lake Martin or Logan Martin as your home lake. You look at the state of Alabama as your home lake because we've got such a, we've got so many great fisheries in this state, and we're so blessed with that. And uh, so, man, you're you're traveling around. You're one place one week, one place the next, and and you you know all of them are great lakes. Yeah, no doubt. Like you know, some of these lakes have gotten a lot of pressure, and you know the weights haven't shown how tough it really is because the anglers are so good on these places. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of fishing fish that's tough to get bites a lot of times. But, you know, talking about the you know, biodiversity of the state, I remember like in high school, we had a whole section talking about how diverse Alabama as a whole was. You know, growing up, I'm, you know, what are we to Mobile? Like three or four hours to a tidal fishery. You've got Florida really close. You've got Lake Lanier really close. But as far as in the state, you know, you have two blueback carrying lakes. You have Smith and Martin. You got a whole Coosa River. You can learn how to fish current. You can fish boat docks. You can fish water willow grass. You have like Gunnersville. You can learn how to fish ledges, pickwick ledges, grass lakes. You know more current, smallmouth, largemouth, and spotted bass. So a guy can be, if a guy can compete in the state of Alabama. He can truly compete anywhere across the country. Yeah, and you see that, and 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 don't forget about the Mobile Delta. It's a whole nother yeah. great fishery that's totally different. It fishes totally different than the rest of the state. They don't have deep water yeah. down there. It's tidal flow in there that it's there again. If you can learn, if you're a fisherman in the state of Alabama that fishes all these different lakes, there's you're right. There's nowhere you can't go and, and be productive. Yeah, exactly. I can I can go to Miller's Ferry one day with a flipping stick and get dialed in on that and learn how to catch them that way. Or then I can go, you know, a couple miles upstream and go catch big magnum spots. It's, Really, truly, just a really diverse state, and I'm really thankful to be, you know, growed up here. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about the Coosa. Yeah, that's where you're at right now, and 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 got got a lot of tournaments coming up. When you see this kind of pressure, you know, in in a short span, kind of what do you think that does to the fish, and how do you adjust your game? Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna rope. Uh, I'm on. Coosa River right now, Logan Martin, but I'm going to rope in Lake Wheeler because that was where our last open was at, and it was in the state of Alabama, and it's kind of going to go for all of the split lakes in our state, basically. You know, a lot of stuff, there's a lot of history on a lot of these places. You 
know, traditionally you got um, like lay, Waxahachie, Paint Creek, Beeswax, Bully, you know, places that consistently, you know, if they're either biting on the low end, they're going to be one one of those two creeks is going to be one up the river, that's going to be one of those other two creeks. And the same way with like Wheeler, most likely it's going to get one on the Decatur Flats. You already know that going into it, and so does 90% of the field at Wheeler. I believe it was one on the Decatur Flats. I'm not entirely sure, but that's where by far the most amount of checks were made. But basically, I like to look for stuff that people overlook. Rather than being like, hey, that's a really good-looking spot, I purposely try to find stuff that doesn't look that great. So I might have, you know, there might be a beautiful line of water willow, and you roll up there during practice, and you have five bites on a swim jig. Well, another guy comes behind you that you didn't see. He gets two bites on a swim jig, and another guy gets three. Well, all those guys are shaking the same fish off, and, you know, tournament day rolls around, one guy beats you to it, and those fish get caught on that strip. Well, for me, I'm looking for these really small patches of that stuff. I'll find, like, you know, a, a one that's, you know, basically the size of my front deck of my boat, like a little bitty patch, and I'd rather run, you know, 20 of those type of places and get bit on every single one of those patches that are fresh fish that haven't seen the lure that day. So that's usually what I do. My approach at Wheeler, it's, you know, a shell bar deal. I knew that same section of the lake was going to play for a lot of those same guys with the shell. So I knew to look in that section, but rather than focusing solely on the shell, I actually focused on rock, just something just slightly different than everyone else. So yeah, just, just doing something just a little bit different. It doesn't have to be a completely 180 from everybody else. Just doing something just slightly different. Um, throwing different baits, throwing bigger baits, smaller baits. You know, even the pr- fishing pressure out here I'm seeing, you know, Logan Martin is a great offshore lake. It's, it's a place these fish really school up really well out here. And I'm kind of seeing that a lot of these schools are really broken up just to, from the fishing pressure and lack of water being pulled. And so I'm actually just out here aimlessly with my troll motor down, looking on live scope and picking some fish off that way also. So just doing some different stuff than um, the average guy is, is usually what I do. But it doesn't have to be something super crazy. It just, you know, just something slightly different and just experiment. You know, fishing is basically like a big science experiment. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, and you know, Logan's is kind of one of those lakes where I think the fish do – this time of year, they, you know, they're off the bed. They moved out. The temperature, water temperature's warming up. They're starting to move out. And they just get out there and roam. Yeah. Where in Gunnersville, you know, you can go to a ledge or you can go to a, heck, you can stay in the grass this time of year if you want to and, and still catch fish. But Logan's a little different. These fish, it's not the, they don't, I'm, not that they don't school up on the ledges. They, they do at times, I'm sure, too. But they kind of just get out there in the middle of the lake and roam around chasing shad balls. Yeah, that's that's the cool thing about Logan is it is a Coosa River lake. It is, you know, focused focus on the current. But this lake is unique to itself where it almost acts like a blueback herring lake. The spots do any – oh, honestly, the largemouth do too, just kind of roam around. Um, so even though it is like, you know, usually a stained, slightly stained water lake and you wouldn't think it to be like a – deep clear you know with stuff you do at lake martin finesse spin poles you definitely can do that but at the same time i've got a you know six inch bass tricks on the deck ready to go on a three-quarter ounce head if i do find some schools and uh i also have another spinning rod with a 2.8 inch size big bite little swimming um, pro swimmer on it so you know just ready for any situation this is what makes the coosa river so great is just the diversity and 
they do definitely roam around like that. And that's something that, you know, with today's technology, it's going to play more and more every year. Yeah, absolutely. And the technology has changed the way we fish those lake, those type lakes too. Before, you know, I know that I've talked to several other Coosa guys and they're like, you know, before LiveScope come out, we didn't really know where those fish went or what they were doing. We no, just knew that they all. weren't where they, they weren't, we couldn't catch them anymore. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a funny story. We were, we were out here fishing an offshore place, big school of fish, um, catching little spotted bass and uh, like, ev- like every other cast, catching them, like got them fired up. A couple of years ago, my buddy Chase, he, uh, he had a backlash in his reel and he just fired out there and was working a spook back in four pound largemouth on the lake. You know, wow. ran like couldn't ever. That was random, but then all of a sudden they come up busting. Like, where are those fish when they're not showing themselves on the surface? So that's really what LiveScope has kind of showed us. And uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely a big player. Like last week at Wheeler, two weeks ago at Wheeler, I caught all my fish on the LiveScope. So pretty, pretty cool deal. Except awesome. for one, I caught one some jigs. So good deal, good but, deal. Yes, sir. Awesome, man. Well, hey, buddy, I appreciate you. Yes, sir. Yeah, man, you're going to be around this week or, or this week later this yeah, weekend or uh, something. I think either. I'm going to leave. Yeah, I think I'm going to leave like Thursday or Friday to go to Oklahoma. So, all right. We got the other lake you follow out there. So, got to make right. sure to watch, uh, watch on Bassmaster.com. Heck yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, if you're going, if you're going to be fishing, you're going to be on Logan or Lay on the Coosa this week? Probably Logan. Yeah, probably Logan. All right. One afternoon. Afternoon will work better for me. I, me and you going to talk offline later this week or, or first of yeah. this week. And uh, and let's hook up and go. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds great to me. All right, buddy. Let's I appreciate it. you. Appreciate what you mean to the show. Man, I, I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Sounds good. All right, buddy. Take care. All right. See ya. You too. Bye. All right, bye. All right, guys. Let's take a couple minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by Killer Doc. Today, we're going to profile another common form of dock dysfunction, dirty dock. Have you ever cleaned up a nice mess of fish and then washed your wife's face in disgust when she sees your dirty dock as a result? It happens to all of us who are cleaning fish on old wooden fish cleaning tables that don't slope toward the water. You need dock enhancement. Killer Dock fish cleaning stations are marine-grade aluminum coated with a ceramic finish that makes cleaning your dirty dock a cinch. The scales and slime drain directly into the water through legs or through the slots. You choose the style. Check out the best fish cleaning stations known to mankind at KillerDock.com. Also brought to you by MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. With durability and convenience in mind, MB Ranch King's maintenance-free blinds are built and constructed with high-grade steel and come in a variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. We also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Great first segment and uh, with Jake Maddox. Man, well, Jake has been just amazing on the show, and, and we appreciate him so much. And guys got some knowledge and knows how to catch fish, that's for sure. But, hey, let's leave the Coosa. Let's go down to Ufala, man. I, I, you know, when I think about 
guys that I, I definitely 100% want to have on here on one of my last shows. This next guy, I mean, there's no way that I couldn't have Tony Adams on here one of our last shows. Tony, what's going on, my friend? Man, brother, just enjoying this pretty weather, getting some rain, making that water level come up. Those fish just don't fire. You know what I'm saying? You getting rain down there? Well, we got a good little rain last night. There's places here in town, south side of town, I think got four inches, and the north side got about an about inch and a half. But, you know, these afternoon pop-up thunderstorms, it seemed like it's been really doing good for the lake, putting fresh water in there, blood oxygen, those, those crappy chinks stand it. Man, we ain't getting nothing up here. We ain't had it. We ain't getting near enough rain. We need more than what we're getting, that's for sure. But, uh, I, you know, a couple of weeks ago we got it, but we ain't had it in a little bit. But uh, so I'm I'm sure the guys up here are envious of you wanting a little rain to get that current flowing a little bit. Hey, Tony, man, I, I, I just want to say thank you, first of all, for, I mean, I don't know if anybody's been on the show much more than you have from when we first started this thing together. I mean, I say together, I feel like you started it with me, what, three, three and a half years ago now. And, uh, it's, I mean, to grow it the way that it's grown and, uh, and you're a big part of that. And, and so I, I think you're one of the hardest working guys out there and, and that's why you produce the way you produce. And, and, uh, man, I just want to, I just want to tell you, thank you for, for being willing to be a part of the show and man, my last minute text and you're, you're, if you're available, you jump on. So I appreciate you, Tony. Well, I appreciate it. And I've enjoyed it. And, and like I say, I, I enjoyed for all the listeners to, to hear the stories and the, you know, the hints and the, you know, anything I can do to help the fellow fishermen or fisherwomen or ladies, you know, to better themselves. I mean, it's, it's always good to listen to to what somebody else is doing and how they're doing it, you know, because, you know, it, it brings something else to the table. Well, and this, but it, it, has, it has been a real pleasure working with you and you've done a great job for, you know, for them. And, and, you know, it seems like I, we've never met in person, but, you know, we're best friends now. Yeah. I, and I, I, that's the same thing I was just saying with Jake on the last segment. It's like, I feel like I know you so well. I feel like you're a, a close friend and you are a close friend and it's really, we've spent, oh my gosh, man, if you had to go back and look over the last three and a half years, there's no telling how many hours me and you have spent talking to each other, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to meet and at this point, but but we need to we need to change that. We need to make that happen. And uh, I need to get down there and get the boat wheel and you follow. That's what I'm, I'm talking about. You need to come down here and show me how, how it's done. And I, you know, I'll bring my notebook, my pad, and I'll take some notes. You're right, right, because I there's so much you can learn from me, right, dude? I just saw those pictures you sent me. I don't even want to hear that. If anybody has ever been the king of a sport, you are the guy. You are the goat. You're the goat, Tony. When it comes to crappie fishing uh, in South Alabama, I mean, it, it's it, well, it amazes it. me. But but you know, before we started recording, we were talking about work and i've been three and a half years part of my work is 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 doing a podcast and and you know i made the comment you said you've been working hard and and i made just a obviously a sarcastic comment that hey you ain't working you're fishing i don't know if anybody puts in more work than you do i mean you put in uh, all these guys that are contributors to our show and and even the ones that aren't they put in work 
don't get me wrong with that. I don't I don't mean that at all. It takes work to be productive and to to guide and to get your clients on fish day after day after day. But I think that you kind of take that to another level because of the amount you of work that you do preparing for your clients by putting out I mean, there's no telling how many hours you spend, you know, creating habitat for the crappie. That's right. You know, if you if you figured your time going out there cutting crepe myrtles, bamboo, letting it dry, putting them in buckets, going out there looking for the spots they need to be in, and then, you know, putting them on the pontoon boat, strapping them down, you know, tying cement to them, going out there sinking them. You know, there there's too much, usually January and February, and sometimes I go into the first of March, you know, it takes me about two and a half months, you know, of work just to get prepped, you know, for the season. And, you know, every year you don't have to do the same thing, but or work on the same spots, but you're always seeing something new that you would like to like to have some structure on. And, and, you know, about every three or four years, you need to go back and refresh that. So it takes about a good two months, you know, doing it in the afternoons and on weekends to get everything done that needs to be done so that you're ready, you know, for the fishing season. And, and a lot of people, you know, when everybody's sitting around in January and February around the, around the fire or, or, you know, roasting marshmallows or whatever, you know, we're either cutting crepe myrtles or bamboo or, you know, we're working on brush piles, which, you know, in order to produce, I think that's the key is, is, is putting in the, in the work. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's one of the reasons that no matter, no matter what the current is, no matter what the wind direction is, no matter what the temperature is, all these factors that can change on us when we're, when we're fishing, you put that work in ahead of time to where no matter what those conditions are, you have something created somewhere. You've created habitat somewhere that is going to be fishable and it's going to have fish on it. And that's why you send me pictures like you just sent me is because of the work you've done to make that happen. Yes, sir. And like I say, you, you've always got to, you've always got to be thinking about the east wind, the south wind, north wind, west wind, you know, where can you put that stuff out? So if it is, you've got clients coming in, you've got somewhere to go. It doesn't matter really, you know, unless it's tropical force, you know, sure. hurricane wind, you know, I've always got somewhere to go fish. Yeah, Absolutely. And you always put them on fish too. So I don't, I don't think your clients ever leave their mad. <laughs> no, sir. As of right now, I don't know of anybody that hadn't left that was upset. I mean, I've, and I've got a bunch of good clients and, you know, you know, I've always, I've always wanted to somebody, you know, I want to treat somebody the way I would want to be treated if I was in that situation. And, and, and if I'm, if I'm going on a guide trip and the guide calls me and says, Hey, you know, it's really storming, raining, you know, same thing I do. I let them know what the conditions are and what the bite's going to be like, you know, <clears throat> bite's going to be a little slow, you know, it's going to be a little choppy because <clears throat> I mean, sometimes those winds are, are twirling. They may not be all out of the East. They may be East a little bit and then they're coming from the West, but, but I don't know of any clients that I've ever had left that, that was upset. They've all been happy. They've been all happy with the catches. They've, they've, what they've caught. That's awesome, man. That is awesome. That's, and you've, you stay booked up pretty solid. So that's a lot of clients. So to be able to see that, say that, uh, hats off to you and what you provide and the, and 
And man, you've got a lot of, you've, you've taught a lot of people, a lot of things and, and you made a lot of people smile uh, over the years. That's for sure. Well, let's talk about you follow right now with the crappie fishing. How's the crappie? Fi- I, I know we're getting to that time of year that you love. Right. And I talk about this to people all the time because I have people that I talk to. They're like, yeah, we're done crappie fishing for the year. Crappie, crappie bites over. And I'm like, let me, let me tell you about Tony. <laughs> Cause it's just now getting to the point of the year that you really love, man. I'm telling you between, between Memorial day and usually the week before Christmas, that is my time. Usually when Memorial day rolls rolls around, then it's time for me to, me to go to the back, those deeper brush piles, you know, that 15 to 25 foot, you know, it could be stuff that I put out. It could be bamboo creek myrtles, or it could be just natural timber sitting out there. And the bite's still there. I mean, it's kind of like, we are. I mean, we're going to still eat during the summer. I mean, those fish don't quit biting. For so many years, you know, everybody thought, you know, as soon as summer got here, it was over with. Well, they're still eating. You just got to find out where they're at. And, and usually Memorial Day forward, I mean, they're stacked in there. So when you pull up to a pile, I mean, it could be 30 to 100 crappy on one little structure and maybe just a limb sticking out. And man, they're just, they're stacked in there. That's wild. It's just a matter of, like you said, I mean, and, and you've said this before on the show, and it makes so much sense. They got to eat. They're going to eat. Uh, they want to eat every day, just like we want to eat every day. But how can we get in front of them and find the fish? And, and, and that's what you've, you've turned it into an art. And you've done it, and, and you've done it. It's not an accident. You worked at it. But you're able to go out there and, and find these big schools of crappie this time of year where – Heck, a lot of people's already quit and gone to the house and, and not fishing for crappie anymore. You dang near got the lake to yourself and you're loading the boat. <laughs> and, you know, springtime's the spawn, everybody's out there fishing. I mean, we're all doing the same thing. But Memorial Day, like you say, a lot of people go to the house. You know, they think the bite's over with. And you know, like I said, a lot of people that I take uses my knowledge and so they can start fishing. There's a lot of people that started fishing down this way during the summertime because, you know, they've gone with me. They've learned kind of what to look for, you know, kind of, which is all great. I mean, you know, it's, it's a sport and I want everybody to, to enjoy it. You know, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, the spawn or middle of the summer. Not I mean, that you're going to share your GPS coordinates with everybody, but, <laughs> but you but you'll get them excited about it. Yeah. Like I say, and like, you know, it, it's just a matter of spending time riding around looking, you know, turning, you know, the side imaging on and riding and looking for structure and checking it out. And and most of the time, you know, this time of the year, 15 to 20 foot, if you find some structure, there's usually fish on it. Yeah. You're mainly jig fishing right now, I'm sure. Well, believe it or not, I'm, I'm probably doing more minnow fishing now than I am jig. Really? Yeah. We the, the lake here went down probably about three feet. They pulled it down. And um, they've just started letting the water come back up. We've had we've had some good rains to help bring that water back up. So there's a lot of fresh water in the lake, and you know that that water's coming back up to you know full pool. And believe it or not, we went well just the other day, and you know we was catching fish in eight to ten foot of water, you know, on some on a structure that's on a ledge, and they was they was just stacked in there. I mean, and it was just as fast as you could drop that minnow down there. Now, there's different different times, usually early in the morning when you're minifishing, or it has been the last couple of times I've been, 
you drop that minnow down, you can set your two or three rods out and catch them. You may do some doubles and triples. Now, as that sun starts coming up and get, you know, getting a little warmer, you may want to just take, you know, leave two out and take one with a pole with a minnow on it, drop it down to the bottom and then real slightly lift it, you know, just lift it really slow and that crappy will come out of that brush pile, you know, and, and attack it. We've been catching a lot that way with just, just minnows. I mean, it's just, I mean, the minnow fish is fishing here is still good. I mean, it's, you know, but you could do the same thing with a jig, but right now we're still fishing with minnows. Man, that's great. But, you know, the key of that is making sure that, you know, you got a good aerator. You know, I've got a, a cooler that, that's a minnow cooler, and, you know, I've got me a good, strong aerator. And um, I always take me a bottle of frozen water, you know, and put in, in the cooler with the minnows to keep, you know, to keep that water cool and try to keep that lid shut as much as possible unless I'm pulling them in out. Because, I mean, you got to keep them cool and you got to keep that, that aerator working, you know, because, I mean, sometimes 10 o'clock, it gets pretty hot out there. Yeah, no doubt about it. So if you were, if somebody's coming to you follow the fish this weekend, I mean, would, would you, would you say that looking for fish 15 to 20, 25 foot, looking for structure, not fish, but structure 15 to 25 foot would probably be, be the play. Yeah. If you're doing it early in the morning, you could probably bring that down to 10. So, you know, 10 to 20 foot down image in their side image and i always like to find them on side you know and then when i find them on side i'll i'll drop me a buoy out and start fishing it but like i say there's, there's still a lot of fish you know in that 10 to 15 foot of water because we've had this year's been a little cooler than it's been being a lot of overcast overcast days so the water's not as warm as it's been being so the the fish is a little shallow than what they usually are this time of the year when it's really hot so they have been running a little shallow in the mornings, you know, 10 to 15. And then if it's a real hot, sunny day, you know, you need to start really going back down to your 15 to 20 foot. That's good stuff, man. Good advice right there. Tony, as always, if, uh, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, book a trip with you, they need to hurry because you book up quick. But what's the best way for them to reach you? Best thing to do is give me a call, 334-695-3003. That's 334-695-3003. Or you can look me up on Facebook, Tony Adams, in Fall, Alabama. Real easy to find. But if anybody's interested to go, just give me a call. Just, uh, well, Tony, man, I appreciate it, buddy. Uh, you're a good friend. And, man, just because uh, I'm not going to be hosting this podcast in the future, doesn't doesn't change that at all if you ever need me at any time buddy uh, i'm a phone call away and and i still i still got to get down there and get in the boat with you yes sir it's been been a real pleasure and and like i say i want you to give me a call i want you to come down and like i say i'm, I'm gonna get my my ink pen my notepad and when you come down i'm gonna take some good notes i'm gonna let you show me how to do it and i'm gonna learn a lot from you <laughs> that's great man all right buddy i appreciate it hey guys give tony a call i promise you are not gonna regret booking a trip with tony adams you're gonna learn more than you ever thought you'd know about crappie fishing and you're gonna put the fish in the boat so reach out give tony a call tony Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll talk to you again soon, brother. All right. Thank you, brother. Good luck. All right. Thank you. All right, guys. Let's take a couple more minutes and hear from a few more of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by the Alabama Marine Resources Division. 
The Alabama Marine Resources Division would like to remind all recreational anglers who have harvested red snapper, gray trigger fish, or greater amberjack to report their catch through the snapper check program. Reporting is mandatory and must be done prior to landing fish in Alabama, regardless of where the fish were caught. Anglers must report their harvest online at OutdoorAlabama.com or through the official Outdoor Alabama app. For more information about Snapper Check or any of the 2022 fishing seasons, please visit OutdoorsAlabama.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Man, love that second segment with Tony. Tony Adams has been just a, a huge part of this show. And uh, guys, give him a call. Book a trip with him. I promise you're going to load the boat with crappie. You're going to limit out. He don't go and not limit out. So you're going to limit out. And uh, and just going to be, be in the boat with a great guy. So give Tony a call. Always appreciate him. And man, let's. Let's go to the other end of the state. Let's go to everybody wants to hear about Gunnersville. I know y'all on the edge of your seat waiting for Gunnersville. And let's get up there with a, one of, another one of our great guys that have called in so many times through these last three and a half years that I greatly appreciate, Mr. David Allen. What's going on, David? Hey, how y'all doing? Doing good, buddy. Doing good. Thank you for thank you for calling in today. Oh, thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, hey, look, I mean – First of all, I'm going to just kind of say what I've said to these other guys. Thank you for what you've meant to this show. Thank you for being willing to call in. I know that there's not a lot of people more busy than you are. We're all busy, right? But so many times through these last three and a half years, you've taken the time out of your busy schedule to to call in and, and just be very forthcoming about what the fish are doing and where you're catching them at Pickwick. And so, so I just want to say thank you for what you've meant to the show and meant to me, David. You know, I appreciate it. It's been an honor to be having the pleasure to be on here. Good stuff, man. Well, let's, let's talk about the Tennessee river. Let's talk about Pickwick. Uh, don't nobody know it any better than you do when it comes to bass fishing. So what's, what's the fish doing up there? Man, it, it has been one of the weirdest maze that I've dealt with, you know, probably gotten up here. It's just, it's been very hard to uh, to stay consistent, but they're still in the lake, and it's like I tell everybody, we're about, you know, our weather's been, we've had cooler days a lot longer, you know, into May than we usually have had, and then we've had a lot of lack in current. I'm sure you talked to a couple of tennis guys, we just don't have the current this year. They're not running a lot. I don't know if it's from maintenance on the dams or, or we just haven't had the water coming through the system like we usually have where they have to, you know, operate as much current through. But it's made these fish kind of change how they're acting. And uh, it's put me on, on, on my heels, my feet, trying to get repositioned, figure out how these things are doing. But we're still catching fish. It's just the lake's been pressured, a lot of big tournaments here lately. And we're just having to change how we approach it. But we're still catching fish. It's just not the usual, you know, end of May, 100 fish day, ledge fish and stuff. So we're having to do some kind of some odd stuff and do some stuff that I usually don't do. But we're still catching. So it's not terrible. Yeah, that's right. And, it's it's weird how, you know, over the last three and a half years, it's like one year, it seems like one lake in the state is like on fire. And then mm-hmm. and then the next year, it's maybe not. And then it's another lake oh, yeah. that's on fire. But uh, it seems like that, I guess it was last year, or the year before, it seemed like it was just, seemed like Pickwick was like the hottest lake in oh, the state. 
we were definitely at a high point in our fish population and just the fishery in general. I mean, it was, you know, two years ago, I mean, it was insane. I, I, the number of five-pound class fish coming over the side of the boat with clients and stuff was a real thing. And you talk to any fisheries biologist, these lakes have their high points, and they, you know, fluctuate down, have their low points. It's just the natural way of Mother Nature doing its thing. But it's like I've told guys, you know, you get the phone calls from people fishing. Man, what's going on? I said, dude, it's just, it's, we've had, a, maybe, you know, with the water fluctuating, we've had a couple of years, we've had some rougher spawns and not got as, you know, the fish replacing the fish that have, you know, passed on or been taken out. And, and also the way the lake, you know, functions now, they're changing how they live. And the more we catch them, the smarter they get. So you just got to, you know, follow the curve around with them and, and figure out different ways to catch them that maybe aren't the most popular way that everybody's trying to do. And Like I've had to do these last couple of weeks that usually you'll never catch them anywhere near a bank this time of year, but I've had to actually start going down the bank and just what I call nuts and bolts fishing, just a lot of shape, yeah, Texas rig, uh, you know, mid-running crankbaits and stuff and just cover water and catch fish. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? I mean, we as fishermen, we're constantly trying to change our game and improve our technique and to catch more fish. And 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 those fish are constantly changing, trying to survive and not be caught. And exactly. uh, and and conditions change on lakes. And and you're exactly right. You you hear biologists talk about it all the time. And and you know we've talked about that last year. It was a big conversation that we had on here uh, a good bit with the Coosa River, where. The Coosa River's down. What's wrong with the Coosa? What's wrong with the Coosa? And then you get the biologist on here, and he's like, nothing's wrong with the Coosa. It's just this time. It's just yes. this time to be down. And oh, it'll yeah. be back up, and other lakes will be down. But it's just, oh, yeah. it can't be great every year. Oh, no. And then, you know, it's like me. You know, you look at Wheeler Lake in the last, you know, two years. It's been unbelievable. I mean, it's, I would say it's probably one of the top lakes in Alabama fishing right now is Wheeler Lake. And, you know, years before, you know, the last five years, if you took, you know, probably the earlier, you know, two years of that, you know, three or four years ago, it wasn't the greatest ever. I mean, you catch fish and had its, you know, times or 20-pound bags taken, but you look in the last two years over there, most tournaments year round over there are at least taking 20 or more to win them. And so it's at a high point right now. You know, I've had a couple of years of grass. The fish really, you know, took on to it and it helped them have a good, healthy population. And now it's at its high But like, I'll just say a couple of years, it might kind of make a little dip, but there's still fish. They're not dead and gone. They just got smarter or just their environment's changing. They're going to change their living. We just haven't caught up. That's right. Uh, and, and, and and something you just said right there about Wheeler is, is, is hot right now, and Wheeler got grass, right? And that's the one place I will disagree with the biologists that we've had on the show or any of the other ones around the state that say the grass doesn't matter. It freaking matters. Yeah, I'll tell you this much. The last two years on Pickwick, we haven't had as much grass, except for, you know, I think it was 2020 or 2021, we had a lot of grass in the drains and it survived through the winter. Well, they had an ABT up there. I think there's 19 bags over 20 pounds weighed in. The fish were in the grass. Now, I will say this about Pickwick this year. We have a lot of hydrilla growing on the upper lake. So a lot of these fish are going to be able to bury up and it kind of get left alone by everybody because you can't fish it as good once it gets topped out until it hollows out in the fall. So there's going to be a chance for these fish to get in there, you know, grow, feed good, get left alone and not get pressured as much. So, you know, give it a year or two. Pickwick will be right back on the high spot again. Well, you know, and, it, and even with you, even with Pickwick, Pickwick being – I guess you would say down right now, maybe from what it's been a couple of years ago. It's mm-hmm. still a damn good lake. 
Oh, I mean, it's still, even with it being tough as it is right now, there's plenty of places in the country you can't go do what you can do on picnic right now. Yeah. And I will say this, our smallmouth population is as healthy as it ever been. It's just May, June, July, and August are not your prime daytime smallmouth lakes. Now, you can go out at night and catch them on night blade and dragging soft plastics around and rigs and stuff. But most people don't night fish. And I, I used to a lot in college. I just don't have time to do it. <laughs> I'm the same way, man. In college, I, I love night fishing. And uh, now I just now I love that couch. I like getting in that bed and get some sleep and do my trip next morning. <laughs> you dang right. <laughs> you dang right. Well, but no, healthy Pickwick is healthy. I mean, it's it's just it's fishing tough. But I mean, if you talk to anybody up the Tennessee chain and even some other lakes, I know guys that like Del Hollow stuff, which is probably one of the healthier lakes around. But it's fishing. It's just that time here. It's the transition. We've had weird weather all over the south. I mean, when's the last time you remember middle of May having 55-degree morning? Crazy. I mean, it's just not normal. So these fish haven't had to push out to the, you know, the offshore spots. But I will say this, last week I did a couple trips and we're doing some sonar classes and stuff. And I kind of told the guys where we went, hey, we might not see a ton. And, and I'm seeing the fish start to make their migration. We're kind of at where we're usually at first of May right now, where there's just little you know, residential groups in the creeks and stuff starting to pull out. They're mixed in with the white bass, so you got to wean through the white bass to get to the large mouth. But I'm seeing fish transition out there. I'm starting to see more show up every day, so it's coming. It's just we got to get through this little bit of a dry spell. Now, am I going to say it's going to be 100 fish days? Probably not, but we will have the offshore normal Tennessee River fishing. It just might not be as easy as usual. That's right. Um, with the lack of current, which, you know, granted, I don't know anybody at TV. and go, hey, why are you all not running current? Because they're going to look at you and go, we're doing what we're doing because we need to do it. You know how TVA is. But sure. we need the current to help make it even better. And we'll, I'm sure we'll get some weather in and get some current flow, but they don't have to run those hydro dams as much as they used to with all the nuclear ones now. So it's these fish are getting more and more like they're on a highland reservoir than a current lake because they don't have the current as consistent as they used to. So, I mean, I caught largemouth the other day that were in, 30 foot of water, 10 foot under the surface. And I've hardly ever done that on picnic. <laughs> wow, that's weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank God I had Ford Facer. I'd have never known they were there. Uh, game changer. No doubt about okay. it. It keeps your eyeballs open. That's for sure. And you kind of see things you never would have seen before. Because I was literally sitting there letting my clients play with some white bass. And all of a sudden I panned over and seen a whole group of 10. I was like, oh, don't look like whites. So I threw over there and about a four pounder. And all, other, all the 10 other ones came with him. And every one of them was a three plus large mouse. And I was like, Hmm, I figured something out. And so I started just getting off some of those offshore places I get. And sure enough, bass are just out there roaming suspended under bait balls. That's you know, good just roaming around, Which is hard to guide on because you don't know where, where they're always going to be. But when the opportunity shows itself, you, you capitalize on That's it. That's right. You got to capitalize on it. Well, if somebody was coming up to Pickwick this weekend and, and want to fish, I mean, what would what would your tip be to for this weekend? If it were me and I were coming to Pickwick, you know, we got that big Minkota tournament coming up. I would probably, you know, if you're wanting to get numbers and just get, get consistently bit, put you on a three sixteenths to quarter ounce shaky head, uh, put you a, a zoom trick worm on there, just green pumpkins, all I've been throwing, and uh, get your spinning rod out. Just go down docks and transition banks, you know, in that 10 foot depth range and get some good numbers. And, uh, just see what you can do there. And then after you get tired of doing it, because, you know, I haven't caught a lot of big size doing that, I would uh, go to uh, go on the ledges, scan around, see if you can find some groups of fish. And don't get discouraged if all you're seeing is white bass because they mix in with them too. Yeah. And just wean through the white bass, get them stirred up. And a lot of times they'll ignite the uh, 
a largemouth in the bite, and if you start catching a bunch of those. Heck yeah, man. That's good stuff. Well, David, man, if somebody wants to book a trip with you, what's the best way for them to contact you, brother? Man, the best way to reach me is by phone at 270-205-9380. And also, if you want to email me, just hit me at davidallenfishing at yahoo.com or contact me through my website at davidallenfishing.com. Good stuff, man. Well, David, I appreciate you, man. appreciate what you've meant to the show. And, uh, hey, I'm coming back up this fall. Uh, you just need to know right. that. Y'all, I'm coming you, back up. And we give me a heads up notice you're coming. We're going to get you on the big small mouth. We're going to, we're going to, we got to, uh, we got to improve on what we did last year. We need to get you up there a little earlier this next year when the middle of October, we'll get you on. Waited too late. Yeah, we waited too late last year. But I know, uh, I know you and Brad and Tracy, uh, y'all will be on them and, and get me on them. So I'm looking forward to that trip, man. That's got to be a yearly deal. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. It's for sure a good time if you've never experienced it. Good stuff, man. Well, I appreciate you, buddy. Stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, sir. All right, buddy. All right, guys. Well, hey, what a great show today, man. I mean, we got Coosa, we got Ufala, we got Gunnersville in, and we had some of our best guests that we've had. And, uh, hey, NIM, like you've heard me talk about, uh, so far today, I'm, I'm going to be handing the show over to another host, but I'll be on here next week, I know, and going to have some other amazing great guests on here that uh, that have meant a lot to this show and have meant a lot to me. So, guys, thank you for listening, and uh, I hope this show ha- has meant a lot to you. I hope you've become a better fisherman listening to the show. I, I dang sure know that I've become a better fisherman by uh by hosting it there's no doubt about that so as always guys stay safe out there if you're enjoying the show please tell some people about it subscribe rate leave us a review wherever you listen if you'd like us to email the show we'll do it every week just text the word fishing to 314-665-1767 we'll email it to you each and every week stay safe out there guys enjoy the beautiful water that we have and the great fisheries in the state of Alabama. We'll talk to y'all again next week. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Fish Bites. For over 20 years, Fish Bites has been helping anglers all along the Gulf Coast and around the world put fish in the cooler. Ask for Fish Bites or Fish Bites Fight Club lures or visit fishbites.com. Fish Bites, made in the USA. And by l Marine has something for everyone, from small hunting boats, pontoons, as well as bigger bay and hybrid boats for the hardcore angler. Go visit them at 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. And brought to you by Hilton's Real-Time Navigator, bringing you the highest quality online satellite fishing charts since 2004. Your source for sea temps, altimetry, currents, and watercolor at hiltonsoffshore.com. And brought to you by Mallard Bay Outdoors. Book your next guided hunting or fishing trip with thoroughly vetted guides or charters. Built by sportsmen for sportsmen. Mallardbay.com. And by Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, schedule an obligation-free consulting with one of their biologists by calling 1-888-830-POND or check them out on sepond.com. And by Hayabusa. Hayabusa provides the world with outstanding fishing hooks. 
From sabikis and saltwater hooks to jigs and freshwater hooks, see what they are all about at hayabusafishing.com. 